Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Radio 92.7 WFNZ emanating live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them at East Independence Boulevard or online at planetkianc.com. Uh, I think, I believe we've got something of an all clear out there. I'm not on the road, so feel free to let me know. Uh, but pr- former President Donald Trump landed in Charlotte about two hours ago en route to South Carolina for the primaries to next week to give a rally speech and uh, they shut down 77. This is unfortunately commonplace. I mean, it happened with Kamala Harris, I think, last July. I think Joe, I think Joe Biden was in town not that long ago. So uh, anytime one of the, uh, the you know, the, the fancies, the diplomats, the, you know, those folks are in town. They, they shut down the roads and make things very inconvenient for the rest of us. But that's what happened. Did it get you, Nate Wimberly? Were you out there on the no, roads? No, 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 no. I saw the the, the traffic map, though. And, uh, yeah. You stayed uh, you here. Did, you didn't want to be on 70. You stayed right here in Uptown. Yes, yes. This beautiful view we got. Yeah. We can see all the roads everywhere up here at the top of the hill. We know when to leave and when not to leave. Exactly. All right. Well, it's good to see you, brother. How are things? You too. Everything's good. Everything's good. All right. Uh, we just got word, by the way, that LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball will not play again tonight. Um, the Hornets have won four straight. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But, boy, I mean, listen, you're on record these last couple of weeks. You have gained some fans on this show, <laughs> and I suspect some Twitter followers, too, yeah. um, who've said, hey, Nate's bringing it every week. Nate is keeping it real every single week. And you've said this is becoming Brandon Miller's team. Absolutely. You've got LaMelo under a microscope when he comes back. And, and here we are. Two, they had eight days off, and he's still not back. What are you thinking? Uh I, I want to get him out there just to see him mesh and, and, and see how he works with these guys. I still want to see that um, because from that point on, you will know what you need to do with him. And I'm not saying this immediately we need to get rid of him, but it, it'll just be good. Look, folks, he's a superstar. He's a great talent. You don't want to get rid of that. You want him to work well with this blend and this and this new group of guys and whatever they do in the offseason. You want him to fit in with that. And nobody, nobody wants to push him out the door. But we need to know exactly what this thing is going to look like, if it's going to work, and then you make the adjustments from that point on. So I was looking forward. I was I was hoping to see him last night, but nope. Want to see him tonight? Nope. And another thing I want to see with the Hornets, I want to see them play some teams that are are pushing and play and playing for a playoff position, like this one tonight. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I want to see them against the better teams. You know, the Jazz aren't they're not going anywhere. You know, you beat Toronto, they're not going anywhere. You know, the Hawks they ain't going anywhere, even though they're in the playing game right now. I want to see them against uh, playoff teams, and, and we're going to see that in these next few games. But yeah, we are just to see what this thing really looks like against NBA teams that are really pushing and playing to win games because their their playoff future depends on it. Well, I, I agree with that, right? I'd be nice. I'd prefer to see those teams win fully healthy, mm-hmm. right? But that's that's not the way this is going to work. Exactly. And as much fun as we're having right now, and it's all justified. Mm-hmm. This schedule in the final 28, 30 games is pretty tough. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the hottest team in the NBA. They haven't played them yet. They're going to have to play them three times in in 30 games. So uh, if the Hornets are going to impress people, they're going to have to do it beating some good teams along the way. And that's what you want to see. That's what you you really want to know where this team is headed uh, going into this offseason. And that'll be the barometer. You know, if you go out there and beat up a bunch of tomato cans and everybody gets their, you know, egos inflating, feeling good about everything, you go into next season, they're like, oh, what happened? Well, 
they probably didn't play anybody at the end. Now we'll know. We'll know exactly where this thing is going by the end of this season. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, this has come up quite a bit today, and people have some strong opinions about this on my, on my text line. Um, giving Steve Clifford credit for what's going on these last four games. Where do you come down on that? Look, I, you know, I, the, look, I, like I said last week, I want to see them move on from Cliff after this. But you have to give Cliff credit for the way these guys are playing in this four-game winning streak. Uh, somebody has to orchestrate this, folks. It, it, just, it just wasn't five guys were just dropping into the into the locker room and uh, we're just going to roll the basketball out there and everything's going to be fine. No, the coach has to, to, to put the game plan together, has to motivate these guys, has to put them in positions to succeed, and he's doing that. I mean, like last night against the Jazz, you know, they had the first half lead. The Jazz came out and, 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 and ripped it in the third. You know, in the past, that team probably would have folded and said, you know what, let's go on and move on to, to, to Golden State tomorrow. They came out in the fourth quarter, and they won that game. And that, that, that's coaching adjustments. That's putting guys in the right spot. So you have to give Cliff the credit, even though, you know, everybody wants to push him out the door and, and, and want to see something new. Right now, he's got these guys playing well. You got to give him credit. It's just not the five guys that they put in there. Cliff has a lot to do with this as well. All right, so – but. So then you you still want to move on though, right? Yes, you still absolutely. Think, so who well, are you looking well, at? Just like I said, it's got to be a ninety percent clip at the end of the season for this thing for me to even think about that. But you know, okay, I kind of had a, a, a good feeling. I was like, you know what? What if? What if this team does play well at the end? Maybe Cliff should come back, and that, that was the first time I thought that last night. We're just watching them because let, let's face it, just and just like I just said. The old guys back at PJ Washington and 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 Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, if that probably would have happened last night, they probably would have lost that game. Oh, Miles Bridges said as much. He said this is a game we would have lost a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. So you know, Cliff has a lot to do with this. So we're not going. So you're you know, open to it then? I'm 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 starting to be a little bit open. But okay. They they've got and just like I said, what we will really know is when they start to play these better teams and how do they play against them. Then, if they really show improved, then yeah, then it might be time to actually have that discussion of Cliff. But right now, I'm like, you know, after this is over, let's just move on. Fair but there is there is an open door. No, fair enough. I mean, like, I think he's off to a good start. Yes. But you know, there's some things that like they got to beat some good teams. I like mm-hmm. that. Nate, Nate Wimberly, WBTV in studio with us. Let's change gears here for a second. Um, big news out of the NFL today. Salary cap has jumped 13.6 percent <laughs> to 255.4 million dollars. Um, that's huge, right? Yes. I mean, that's an additional $30 million over what they were anticipating. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some weird football math going on right now. Some people are saying, KB, how come it shows 28 for the Panthers and now it's 40, but you said 30. And um, there's a lot that goes into that that we can talk about. But still, there's a significant more amount of cap room mm-hmm. you know, available than was there just yesterday. What do you think? How does that impact the Brian Burns situation? You know what? Uh it gives them some space to be able to to move to maneuver a little bit better right now. Um, I've always thought they were going to tag them um, and hopefully work out a deal, but it, it gives them more space to be able to do something now. Sure. Um, and, and, and especially when you're looking at you got Luvu and all those guys that, that are actual free agents um, that they have to resign. They get a little bit more space. Uh, I just I, I cannot I cannot for for the life of me justify thirty million for Brian Burns. I just he, he's I, I don't see him as top end NFL defensive rush in in this league. He should not be 30 million. 25, 24, yeah. I wouldn't even do the 27. So, you know, where that where he's what he's going to get for this cap number is or for this franchise tag, 24, 
or so, 21 to 24, uh, that's where I was. That's that's the lane I will be in. But um, it, it helps them a lot. It helps Carolina Panthers a lot uh, in this situation. Um, it helps all the teams in this league because that 30 million that's 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 gonna help a lot of folks who got some uh, uh, franchise tag decisions to make. It's gonna help them decide. And like Kansas City with Chris Jones, this is gonna really help them out a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean that you gotta give, you gotta find a way to get Luvu in here. And here's yes. the thing about Luvu. Like Luvu, this guy's a free agent, mm. right? And this is the place where he was found, quote mm-hmm. unquote. He was a jet before this, but he became a player in the NFL here. And you wonder how how much does this place mean to him? Does he want to be here? Is it strictly about the money? Because it probably should be for a guy who this is his, yes. this is his only and best big yes. big contract opportunity. Yes. I mean, if you get the number, I think close to right, you can probably keep him. But you better come correct because otherwise he probably walks somewhere else. I, I, I believe he's going to walk. You think so? Because uh, I think somebody's going to offer him a bigger bag than they're probably going to offer. I was thinking him about that this morning. Um, yeah. But th- this is the thing that really kind of just irks me that we continue to get these players, develop them, on and, and struggle with these guys, and then they go somewhere else. And hey, look, I'm in the playoffs. I'm deep in the playoffs. I'm in the Super Bowl. It's like, why does this place have to be the breeding ground for the talent? And then the talent leaves, and then it's just like, oh well, there goes there goes CMC in the Super Bowl. Mm, look at that there. She should still be on this team. It's like, and now you're gonna have Luvu do the same thing. So it's just, it's just. I feel for the city. I feel for the franchises here that this continues to go on, and hopefully it won't. Hopefully they can get Luvu back. Yeah, I mean, my my hope is that they brought Brant Tillerson, mm-hmm. obviously for this particular reason, that he can find a way to get this done, especially now with additional cap space, because. I understand people looking at this and saying, hey, you know, you got to get wide receivers for this. You're invested in this quarterback, Mm -hmm. but you're also trading away your best defensive player. (laughs) And you know what's going to happen because we've seen it happen time and again after you trade this guy away. You know, this this cap space, I think, is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And if you can go draft a wide receiver at 33, sign one, be it a Hollywood Brown, a Mike Williams, and, you know, add to the room Mm -hmm. and get you can you can hit multiple touch points on the to-do list if that makes sense this offseason with a little extra money to spend yeah you, you, it, it all comes down to the scouting department and all that good stuff everybody plays a role in this thing it's just not Tillis it's just not Morgan you know the, they've got to go out and find some diamonds in the rough I mean everybody else is doing it I mean the, the, my god the Chiefs do it you know they got you know, Rice comes in and he's the only he's the best wide receiver that they got and he's a rookie I mean like everybody else can do it this franchise should be able to do it as well and uh hadn't been able to do it uh, up to this point, we got a new regime now. We got new blood in there. We got some new eyes in there now. Let's see what these guys can do. It, it, just like I, it, it's SMS. Show me something. Let's let's get this done. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm not gonna give you excitement and, and good feels and all that. Man. No no no. Y'all got to show me something. Go bring some people in here that can play some football. I like it. You, by the way, did you see the, uh, the the news within the hour that uh, the Man, the NCAA just might have taken the silver bullet within the last hour. Tennessee and Virginia won their preliminary injunction against the NCAA. Judge ruled in favor of the states of Tennessee and Virginia, basically saying the NCAA can't enforce its NIL policy uh, and that doing so would trigger an antitrust violation. The NCAA is dead. I think officially today is the time of death. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. I I really don't have much on that. I mean, like, it's been dying a slow death. And they've been getting a lot of stuff wrong for years and years and years, punishing some of these kids that don't need to be punished. Uh... It needs to go. It's it's antiquated. It's old. They got old ideas and old rules. It, it's time to move on from that and 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 get something in here that's gonna benefit everybody, not just the coaches and the universities and all that good stuff. These players as well. 
Love it. Nate Wimberly, good to yep. see you, brother. You too. You we'll too. do it again next week. Nate yeah, Wimberly, WBTV. You got something right there? What you no, got? no, no, okay. no. Everybody check out the porn after tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, get uh, that we, in. Do it, that. It's on WBTV.com, the WBTV News app. We we talked to Chip Patterson about the the big weekend in ACC basketball. I know he's a, a guest on this show. Every he was week. on today. We, ex- we had Ashley Mahoney on of Axio Charlotte to talk Charlotte FC. Go Charlotte FC. They start tomorrow. It's, I'm looking forward to that because it's always a great time yeah. inside of Bank of America Stadium with those supporters. Uh, they're going to bring it. Let's hope the team brings it. Yep, looking forward to it. Nate Wimberly, he's back next Friday. We appreciate him stopping in. We continue our parade of great guests here on a Friday. Doug Rice from Atlanta. He's the Grand Marshal this weekend, and he's also on his victory lap. His final year, 36th season, as one of the iconic play-by-play voices in NASCAR history. Doug Rice from the ATL Next. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Coming up Monday morning on the Mac and Bone Show, a weekend round ball recap. Did the Hornets stay hot? How about the college hoops? It's all coming up. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. bit of a breakaway here with the top half dozen cars as they flash down the front stretch here. Blaney down on the inside, hugging to his outside. It's going to be C. Bell really impressed right now with the run that Daniel Hemricks got in that 31 car as they roll back to one. Doug Rice, 36 years. Congratulations and more importantly, thank you for being a voice of this sport for the millions of fans worldwide. Man, that was cool. That was really cool. We knew it was coming, but watching it was really neat. That was uh, audio courtesy of MRN. If you're not familiar with NASCAR's uh, radio setup, some of the races on the radio are handled by MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Some are handled by uh, PRN, the Performance Racing Network. And as you know, each and every week, we check in with PRN's Doug Rice, president, anchor. And Daytona is not a race that PRN handles, except the fine folks over at MRN. Shout out to them. They understood the moment. Doug Rice, 36 years on the job, is retiring at season's end as one of the iconic voices in NASCAR history. And that was a bucket list item for him. And the guys at MRN said, Doug, come on over. Let's call some Daytona and uh, check that off your bucket list. And it's amazing to hear it. Let's bring in Doug Rice, who's joining us ahead of Atlanta this weekend, where he is also the Grand Marshal. He is getting the Coach K, Kobe Bryant treatment on the NASCAR circuit this year, everywhere he goes. And I, I am here for it. Doug Rice, what was that like last Sunday for you? It was incredible. I mean, I've called hundreds of races, but never the Daytona 500. And I'm dropped in there with some really good broadcasters, but guys that I had never worked a lap with, but we all do it very similar. So that part was exciting, but I will tell you this after my stint, and I guess I was in the booth for about 15 minutes. I realized that my mouth was completely dry. I mean, <laughs> I was just, you know, the, the energy and the excitement had gotten the better of me. It was, it was, it was very, very cool. And I was, thrilled that they gave me that opportunity and kind of humbled by it but that's that's a biggie i mean that's our biggest race is the daytona 500 and to get to do just a smidge of that that checks a big box for me and and the reception that all the folks from mrn gave me was top shelf i've, I've got to take my hat off to them. well i thought it was really neat uh you you've been a play-by-play guy for a long time you've Mostly done NASCAR, but you've done other sports too. I, I've done the same way. I've done baseball, basketball, football. I've never done auto racing though. And I was list. I, I listened to you a lot over the years, but I was listening to you again last weekend and just kind of thinking again. I, I guess how different NASCAR play-by-play is versus other sports. And I, I guess maybe I'd liken it to baseball a bit, where there is, you know, action. There's always something to talk about, but there are opportunities, I guess, in the race to 
you know, editorialize, tell more stories. For those out there that just don't understand the difference, you know, calling a race versus calling a stick and ball sport, what, what is the difference in your mind? Well, we don't have natural timeouts except for two during a race, the preordained stage breaks. In every other sport, there's TV timeouts, there's quarters, there's innings, and we don't have that. We might race for an hour at a time, and then sometimes we have to go to commercial while there's still action going on. You try to anticipate and put that commercial in at a time that the action is not red hot. I think that's one of the biggest things. And the other one, Kyle, is like last week at Daytona, and we've encountered this PR in some bigger tracks, just to get the cars around the racetrack for a single lap involves four different voices. The person in the booth, turn one, the back stretch, Daytona's so big, turn three and four, and then back to the booth. So I'm thinking they probably had 10 announcers on the air. So the choreography to do a race and do it right is so much more complex than a football or baseball game, which might have two or three people. All right. Well, uh, Doug, let's talk about Daytona, the result. William Byron wins under caution. You and I and, and Smoke talked a lot about William Byron last year because we had to. He won six races, and now he starts 2024 um, you know, maybe not the biggest of them all, but a race that every driver covets if you're a Cup Series driver. What are we looking for from William Byron this year, and what was most impressive about his performance? Well, it seems like he picked up where he left off. And he was involved in a few things. He was one of the cars that helped trigger the big one. I'm not a, I'm not pointing at him saying he caused it, but he was in that initiation of the great big wreck that took out about 15 cars late in the race there. But He's going to be good. He is just, he's cool under fire. He is, he is older than his age. He races older than his age. And that's, if you can do that, you've really separated yourself from the pack. And I think he was one of the guys that benefited the most from the Netflix series that was completed. And I'm, I'm a sucker for this because they showed that the way he sort of has his Zen moments is he builds things with Legos. And I don't know for why that just intrigued me that here's a guy in the super macho sport, but when he wants to relax, he builds Legos. <laughs> Doug, this is smoke here. <laughs> and, well, it, it was another building block win for Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports on the 40-year anniversary Boom. of their first race in the 1984 Daytona 500. They finished 1-2, but the, there was also some controversy for when NASCAR threw the caution out and if Bowman was the leader at the time of the caution, was I know there was some clarification, but could you explain what exactly the clarification NASCAR had was for when the caution came out and why William well, was the winner? Late in the race, and they would have loved for that wreck to have been cleared of the car's drive off and not have to do that. The, NASCAR wants to finish with cars racing back to the line, not saying, well, that's it because they wrecked on the last lap. And everything that I looked at, and I've talked to a couple of NASCAR people since, it was extremely close, but William Byron won the Daytona 500. Not by much, a couple of feet, but he was ahead of his teammate, Alex Bowman, when the light flashed on. It's not when the flag waves or anything else. It's when that light flashes on, and they had irrefutable evidence in my mind. Doug Rice, president, anchor, Performance Racing Network. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, Corey LaJoy, fourth place finish, best career cup, best I guess tied his best cup finish. Five of his nine career top tens in the cup series have come at Daytona. 
it feels like this is something he could build off of. And I was talking to a friend the other day that had high hopes for Corey LaJoy this year. What are your thoughts? Well, I think he can do well here this weekend. He was he had a shot at winning this race last year, and it came down to the very last lap, and he got up out of the groove, and I think he wound up fourth. But he had a real opportunity to win this race last year. So I'm not going to put that one out of the realm of possibility. And the team that he races for is called Spire Motorsports, and they used to be referred to as one of the little engines that could. They're showing enough money and financing now that they they've got the horsepower in the bank if they can get the horsepower on the track i think they're going to be effective and i i i look for a jump from Corey lajoy this year he might he might be able to squeak into the playoffs if they are able to do that that's a huge win for them well doug as you mentioned he is going to be a threat to win this weekend at atlanta but this is now year three of this being a drafting track and we learned last year how different this track is from the other drafting tracks has a lot more character to it. Do you think we could see some chaos that we didn't really see at Daytona? Cause there was only one big one at Daytona, but it feels like this one could be a lot more unhinged. Yeah. I, I think what was going on at Daytona smoke was all the teams were running a little bit slower, trying to save fuel. NASCAR did not like that. When they go back to Daytona later this year, they'll have a smaller fuel cell. They'll have to do something to, to change that dynamic. Can it be crazy here? Absolutely. Sure it can be. And, and I'll be surprised if it's not. And you've got some teams that had bad days. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski crashed out, finished way back in the pack. They can't afford to come down here and have another bad day because if you get that far behind, even in a 36-race season, if you leave here – and you're 28 in points, it's a long way. What is that song? It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Mm. And it's, it's, it's hard to climb out of that hole. Hey, uh, Doug, you're the Grand Marshal Sunday for this race. You're, you're a pretty straightforward, buttoned-up guy. So I, there's a part of me that expects you to approach it that way. But you got anything, anything special planned for this I, on Sunday? I don't. I can You know, people have sent me clips of the actor Kevin James and Matthew McConaughey and all of them doing their – Gentlemen, start your engines or drivers, start your engines. That's I can't do that. One, I would I would blow out my vocal cords before I've got to go broadcast the race. It it will be it'll have high energy. It's it's not going to be one in the top ten of drivers start your engines. But I am excited about it. I think um, I think that's a cool moment to have these things happen in such quick succession to get to do a little Daytona 500 and get to do. Uh, driver starts your engines on back-to-back weekends. That's that's pretty heady stuff for me. So you're you're not even going to attempt to summon your inner Joe Nelms for this uh, this. I know you're not giving the prayer, but like nothing, huh? Not even a reference to your smoking hot wife or anything. Well, I mean that's you know if you're, I guess I could do that if you're doing the <laughs> the, the command as opposed to the prayer. That's true. I, I'm I sorry. still think that's a top ten thing, but you know there'll be I'll have a little messaging in there for all the radio listeners over the years before they allow you a sentence or two before you actually say driver start your engine okay so I'll, I, I'll try to come up with something there i love it i love it we, we we appreciate you buddy enjoy sunday happy for you we will be watching and listening we'll talk to you soon all right thanks a lot thank you buddy appreciate you uh for those not familiar with the, with the name joe nelms if you've ever seen the famous video. I mean, it was the Nashville race. I mean, Pastor Joe Nelms. Yeah, 2011 Nationwide Series Thank race. you for GM Performance Technology and R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. 
So I couldn't. Yeah, he, he still does prayers for the fairgrounds races in Nashville. Does he? Yeah. I saw him one year. He was wearing overalls. Yeah, plaid. <laughs> one of the best. But, you know, it's funny. Everyone, everyone talks about the best command to start the race. They always go to the ridiculous Kevin James ones, which those ones are fun. But have you ever heard Brandon Frazier's from 2008's race at Chicago? I don't think so. Tremendous. This is a guy that gets it. Really? You got it? Gentlemen, start your engines! That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. I, I've always been a Brendan Fraser fan. That's one of the reasons why. Also, big motorhead. Yeah, it's pretty good, too. I just, I want Doug to sneak in, like, like, like Pastor Nelms did, right? Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa, my two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the Little E's. Well, since he's in Atlanta, he's an Atlanta sports fan. He's like... Before I want to get started, thank God Desmond Renner's no longer the quarterback. And drivers, start your engines. <laughs> uh, it's Go Braves Chapel. Uh, it's going to be great. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the FanDuel text line here on this Friday. Uh, we've been having a good time. A lot of great guests stopping in, talking about the Hornets' four-game win streak, talking about the NFL salary cap increasing and what that means for the Panthers. Uh, we all and Brian Burns, I should say. Also, uh, ACC hoops this weekend. We got some big games. How you feeling about uh, Duke at Wake tomorrow? By the way, nervous, nervous. nervous. Uh, this is Wake's big shot. Sold out. Uh, the, the stakes couldn't be higher for Wake um, because they have not won that one quad one game. They have. I know they're technically. One and five in quad one, but that was the Florida game. They struggled in quad ones. They've had multiple opportunities over the last couple of weeks. Virginia felt like the best shot, even though it wasn't JPJ. But now, I mean, considering how well they played and how Dukes played, this feels like the best opportunity. Feels like, or not, not for how Dukes played, but you know, Wake's going to get up for this. Yeah, game. I mean, does I would imagine what is? <laughs> I, I know we rag on Lenardi a lot lately. He deserves it, all of it, by the way, every last bit of it. But a win over Duke, I'm, I'm assuming that gets Wake into just about everybody's bracket. Should, yeah. It yeah, should. Yeah. I would think anyway. Um, speaking of bracketology, Jerry Palm's latest version of bracketology, he slid Carolina back to the number one overall seed. Did you see that? I thought the ACC sucked. I thought uh, Lenardi said uh, the little. Nah, Jerry Palm slid the, uh, Carolina back to his overall number one seed. It was between them and Arizona, I believe. Well, Arizona lost last night, didn't they? Right, yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, so I think this it was last weekend the committee revealed Purdue, UConn, Houston, and Arizona as its four number one seats. Well, pretty much all of them have lost. Right. So the Wildcats <laughs> have dropped to a number two seed in the updated Jerry Palm bracketology after losing at home to Washington State last night, as you just said. Which, by the way, I think I saw this the first time since, like, 1980. And I lied, by the way. They moved Carolina to the one line, not, oh, the, okay. not the number one overall seed. I, I want to clarify I, that. Sorry. I, I still feel like UConn should be the no, number no, no, one no. I, wanna, I, was, I was wrong. I heard myself. I want to clarify that. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say Washington State. I think this is the first time they're leading the Pac-12 since 1980 or something. It's been a long time since they've been the leader in the Pac-12 in basketball. Pac-2, sir. Treat them, call them by their proper name, the Pac-2. Uh, <laughs> so he, uh, Jerry Palmer slid Carolina back to the one line and said that Arizona and UNC's resume is pretty similar. North Carolina has slightly better wins, 11 in quad one and quad two versus 10 for Arizona. Losses are even closer, but he slightly favors Carolina. Um, so the battle for the fourth spot, not over yet, but... You know, the, the the gap between the top three and number four got a little bit bigger. So Carolina is still very much fighting to be on the one line. 
in this NCAA tournament. A win over Virginia tomorrow. I, I mean, probably doesn't seal it, but it starts to put a little bit of air between them and Arizona potentially. Yeah, I would think. Um, and look, that's. I mean, unless they can continue to climb beyond the, you know, the top three seeds currently, which will be difficult to do. You know, a one seed for Carolina still probably means they get shipped off to the West region or something. I would think, right? I mean, if they end up the four seed or the fourth overall seed, the fourth number one seed, they're probably going to be the number one seed in like the West region or something like that, as far away from home as possible. Yeah, and I also think we we can't understate how big it would be if Carolina wins tomorrow because it's been 10 years since they've won inside JPJ. Yeah, has it been that long? Wow. Yeah, I I was kind of shocked. I was like, five years, okay, but 10 years, really? 10 years. Not even like the late 2010 teams. JPJ is a weird place to because J, Have you ever been to John Paul Jones Arena? No, I have it, It's a, it's a ni- very nice facility. I remember going in there years ago to watch them play Wake Forest, oddly enough, on like a Tuesday night and going in there for the first time. It's a very, very wide open arena. Now, um, is JPJ the same one they played in the 80s or 90s? Or no, no, no. That was... Um, because <laughs> I figure, because JPJ uh, came up, it's still relatively new. It came uh, open in like 05, 06. Oh, no, it's gonna, you're gonna, that's gonna buy a uh, university hall. They, they played in university hall. Okay. Up until I want to say JPJ was built in like the early aughts. Because I remember JPJ was 05, 06. When it opened, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was right in there. So it's been open for going on for close to 20 years now. The UVA played at university hall before that. Not an easy place to play. 704-570-9610. Keep hitting us up. Right now, we go to smoke on the headlines. All right. want to let people know that this report is brought to you by North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. To care for your loved ones, don't get sick this holiday season. Fall, COVID-19, and flu vaccines protect against serious illness, hospitalization, and death. Go to myspot.nc.gov to find one today. Uh, we haven't done who balled out today, but I feel like an easy who balled out candidate would be, which brought to you by High Performance Real Estate. They'll see you at the closing table. Would have to go to high school basketball player Kiana Christmas of Fonda Fultonville High School in Fonda, New York. Kyle, she dropped a quintuple double. Quintuple double? Yeah, quintuple double. <laughs> Look, it's not been a good week for me with pronunciations, okay? Uh, she had 11 points. 20 rebounds, 11 assists, 10 steals, and 10 blocks. That's pretty good. Who did she play for again? Uh, Fonda Fulton, Fultonville. Fon, Fonda Fultonville. In Fonda, New York. High school? Yes. I believe so. First quintuple double? Uh, ever? I don't know if it's the first one ever, but uh, you don't see a quintuple double every single day. Uh, it's impressive. What else you got? All right, uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the Hornets injury report has come out. Um, LaMelo Ball will still be listed as out for tonight's game against Golden State. Mark Williams, of course, is out. Unfortunately, it does not look like uh, the Latvian laser will be playing tonight as he's doubtful due to a left knee hyperextension, which, by the way, I want to correct myself. He was trying to, I believe, box out or close out on a three when he hurt himself last night, not when he was shooting a three. There you go. There you go. We're going to step aside. We'll wrap up the show when we come back and we get the picks for the weekend from Dad. Randy's back with his Bailey Betts picks for the weekend. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. the Mac and Bone Show Monday. Plenty of recap of Charlotte FC's 2024 debut. Get your shooting boots on. Dear goodness. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, wrapping up a uh, Friday show, wrapping up a, I guess, a busy week in the sense that we've had a lot to do here, but a rather slow week in sports, but it's picking up. It's picking up. We got uh, the Hornets back. They won again last night. ACC hoops this weekend. College hoops in general. NASCAR on Sunday. We got the the Atlanta race going on. Let, let's get some picks from Dad. Randy's back. My dad joins us every Friday uh, to give us his edition of the Bailey Bets. And well, NASCAR didn't go so well for him last weekend. We'll see if he can uh, bounce back this weekend in Atlanta. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Dad, what happened last week in Daytona? Uh, Michael McDowell uh, kind of laid a brown egg or something. I don't know. It was uh, kind of sucked. Yeah, it's not great. But race race was actually Smoke and I were talking off air. It actually was uh, you know not a bad race. No, I mean look, Daytona's always usually at least going to give you some excitement down the stretch. And I mean they finished under caution, but we got some wrecks. And actually, I think what only five, four or five cautions in that race. It was the fewest in like twenty years. So it's not like the race was was ugly right to your point yeah I, I like i said that there was some passing and uh i still don't like i i i'm never going to get used to the you know all the fords fitting together and all the toyotas fitting together and the chevys fitting together uh i'm i'm not crazy about that but as far as race i i give it a seven out of a ten. Seven out of ten all right so we go to atlanta this weekend um doug rice told me earlier he thinks this is a track where Corey LaJoy might be able to get a win. Who, who are you picking this weekend? Oh, the hometown boy. I'm not. Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. What happened? And it's an Elliott track, and he's been running really well there. And I've, I've got a Hendrick Trump 1-2 uh, finish. I've got Chase 1, and I've got Kyle Larson finishing second. Back-to-back. Really? So so Elliott and Larson back to so back to back back to backs for Hendrick, right? Because that'd be uh, consecutive one two finishes to start the season. Smoke, what do you think about that? They're rigging it for a Hendrick, but no, I'm, I'm joking. But yeah, I can see it. Chase won there in uh, 2021. Um, it's been a while since he's won, and he had a good run going at Daytona over the weekend. By the way, it'd be a good weekend for you to bet on Georgia boys specifically in both the races because the Xfinity race, it's basically Austin Hill versus the world. Mm. who's won three straight Daytona races to start the year. And he's also, I think, won at least two of the last four Atlanta races. So go for, uh, if you want to get some Georgia flavor, I would not blame you one bit. Okay. All right. So we got uh, Chase and, and Kyle Larson, one, two in Atlanta on Sunday. Uh, what else you got? Well, I got some basketball picks. Okay. Uh, well, I laid an egg last week on those, but uh, I got, I think Duke, Honestly, the other night I watched Duke play Miami, and I knew Miami was shorthanded. But my God, Duke Duke looks to me like they're just they're kind of getting in, into some uh, tournament style play. They they looked really good the other night, and uh, I think they beat Wake Forest eighty to seventy two. Eighty to okay, all right. Smoke's nervous about this one, but eighty to seventy two, Duke wins on the road. What, what what else you got? I got I got Alabama beat Kentucky seventy two to seventy. It's game day. Go- game day's not going there, are they? Where's game day going this week, Smoke? Do we know? I think they're going to that game. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so Bama beating Kentucky. Bama's the better team, I think. Right? What's the final score? Seventy-two seventy. It's at Kentucky. Yeah, they just Kentucky just lost to LSU on a buzzer beater. What two nights ago? Three nights ago? Kentucky not thrilled with Calipari right now. So you got seventy-two uh, seventy. Alabama wins in Lexington. All right, I like that one. Any more? 
Yeah, uh, the Lady Hokies are got game day in Blacksburg on Sunday, and I think the Lady Hokies, I think they beat North Carolina by 12. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, North Carolina just came off a big win last night, beating NC State, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they did. That's right. I saw, I saw some folks live tweeting that. All right, yeah, the big one. I think, what did I see the other day? Game day's going there. Um, there's a list. The only schools in America that have had game day visit for football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. It's a list of three schools. It's Virginia Tech, LSU, and Tennessee. I believe I saw the other night. Virginia Tech, LSU, and Tennessee, the only schools to have game day show up for all three of those sports. That's pretty impressive stuff. All right, is that it? Yeah. No, I got one other thing. Oh. Uh, Doug Rice is retiring, and I, I like him a lot. I really enjoy I like his voice. I mean, I, of course, I kind of told you how I felt about Rick Allen last week, but Doug Rice, is, it, to me, is NASCAR. That voice is just NASCAR. So I, I'm going to miss him when I listen to the radio. And he's announcing his retirement. And, Kyle, I know this will make you happy. As of July the 31st of this year, I will no longer be working. Yeah, Randy got a date. So you're retiring at the end. All right, that's big news. July 31st, you're done, huh? Yeah, and the guy that's the, guy, the financial consultant, the guy that hooked me up, his dad comes to Charlotte every day and works down there and said to tell you, that he thinks you're about the best that he ever heard. Oh, it makes me feel good. Did he say nice things about smoke, too? No, he don't like smoke. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, tell him I'm I said thanks, kidding. and uh, thank you for finally getting a date set. Your grandkids will love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. If everything turned out really good, your mom's happy, I'm happy, so happy life. There you go. All right, Dad, thanks. We'll talk to you next Friday. All right. Love you. There you go. Love you too. He's retiring, y'all. He finally set a date. I didn't think I'd get the man to stop working. And he's hanging it up at the end of July. How about that? Isn't that his birthday? No, no, no. His birthday's like uh, 11 days later. Oh, okay. Ten I, days, I knew ten it was around later. that time. Yeah. He's. Re I can't believe it. He's retiring. I never thought I'd see the day. How about that? He just broke the news live on the air. All right. We got to go. Uh, back tonight, 9 o'clock for Hornets pregame. We appreciate everybody out there being with us. For Smoke Ludwig, I'm Kyle Bailey. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously.